Hello, and welcome to Monday Night Football, your voice for youth soccer. Not just for Louisiana, but for the entire northern Gulf Coast. And now, introducing your host, Alan DeRitter. Hello, everybody, and welcome to our uh, week of June 14th version of Monday Night Football, your voice for youth soccer. I'm Coach Alan DeRitter. I'm the head soccer coach at Dulles and also the director of coaching at Soccer Innovations of America. We always start off our show with a prayer. You know, Father, Son, Holy Spirit, amen. Dear God, during this crossroads of, uh, of soccer right now in Louisiana, we pray for your wisdom, pray for your guidance, and uh, pray for clarity of mind and heart to be able to make the decisions that really need to be made right now and uh, and uh, especially for the development of our players and development of the game helping us to know what is best um, and help us be able to really uh, differentiate that from what might be best just for us alone in christ's name we pray amen and father son holy spirit amen all right, everybody, before we get started with this hot show, and it's going to be a hot one, uh, we'd like to thank our sponsor, Olive Branch, again. They have two locations in Algiers and Marrero, and we're just tickled pink with their support. I ate there the other day uh, with my wife, and it's just absolutely delicious. Uh, you can go to olivebranch.com and uh, and take a look at their menu, um, and they can bring your, the food to your door if you're within the uh, delivery range. So again, thank you, Olive Branch, for your support. Our show this week is long, but it is well worth listening to. We look into what is all the buzz about the MLS Next and whether or not it is a high school and or LSA killer. We talked to one of the three coaching directors, Baton Rouge's uh, Louis Smotherman, as to what it is directly and why they think it's necessary to do. Because we already have mechanisms in place to get our kids playing all around the country. Uh, this MLS Next is a collaborative effort between the Lafayette Dynamo, Baton Rouge Soccer Club, and L.A. Fire, which is only three of the 48 clubs we have in the state. I let them defend their decision on our show for a good 30 minutes. And honestly, I wish we would have let them talk even more. I can easily see that we might have to revisit this topic as soon as next week. Anyway, after they talk, uh, I will give my commentary or spin on what I think they said and whether or not at this moment in time uh, it is good for us. But first, we talked to three of the state championship coaches about their chances in regionals. We talked to Baton Rouge coaches Kieran Bullock and Adrian Garcia. But right after the break, we're going to talk to L.A. Sting's Mike Robichaux, along with his director of coaching, Jimmy Cook, as to what their chances are going into Region 3. But let's pay some bills. It's not free. This is a professionally produced show. But I promise we'll be right back after the commercials on Monday Night Football, your voice for youth soccer. This is Coach Alan DeRitter. At the Olive Branch Cafe, only the freshest ingredients go into everything we serve. Our dough is prepared daily, and now the West Bank's best-tasting pizza is delivered 10.30 a.m. to 9.30 p.m. seven days a week. The Olive Branch Cafe, Marrero and Algiers.
Hello, everybody. Welcome back to Monday Night Football. And now we have our guest, uh, uh, Coach Jimmy Cook uh, from the Louisiana Sting. Uh, welcome to the show, Coach. Thanks for having us. I appreciate it. No problem. So explain your operation over there. First of all, congratulations for winning state championship with your 07s. Oh, thank you very much. The girls, uh, they work really, really hard and uh, very well deserving of it. Awesome. Um, so the Sting uh, is kind of new to me. Uh, where, What's the history behind it? So just real, uh, real quickly, um, I, start, I started uh, FC Galaxy back in uh, 2011, and I used Sting as the model club um, to build our club on. Uh, they're based out of Dallas. And so um, last year, I just made a, uh, I made a decision with, uh, with Galaxy that we, we wanted to be able to provide as many opportunities for the, uh, for the young players here in Louisiana to be able to play at the highest level possible. And having uh, experience with Sting and you know, known all about them and being from Dallas, um, we just made uh, we we made a connection and uh, decided that it it we did that uh, last year and then uh, the rest is uh, it's history. You know that's that's who we are now. Okay, so how long how long have you been operating? Well, um, as Sting or as uh, as Sting? No, as a Sting. As a club in general. No, as well both. Okay, okay. So it's well, like I said, I, I started uh, FC Galaxy back in the 2011, and just last year uh, we uh, we entered into a, a partnership with uh, Sting out of Dallas, and uh, we're now Sting Louisiana. So you know, we've been doing this with uh, with Sting for a year now. Okay, it's been, a, it's been a really positive experience for us, for the girls. Uh, you know, we have seven players who uh, they sign on as uh, DPs, discovery players for uh, uh, our ECNL teams. Uh, we have two ECNL teams in Dallas, one in Austin, um, and we actually had um, the 2007 teams, and then uh, we had another player, uh, 2008. You know, uh, sign on with the one in Dallas. All right. So, do you ever uh, put the players together, like uh, the better players from your area in uh, in Dallas? On one yeah, team? yeah, yeah. Uh, as a matter of fact, well, like I said, we, you know, when you're in the ECNL, you're only allowed to have two players, uh, two discovery players per team. So there are two. Uh, Two teams in Dallas, one in Austin, so they can take, you know, two two players for each team. So um, we pretty much filled filled those spots, you know, with uh, seven of our players, including the uh, 2008 team. And then and then we do things uh, together. You know, we've uh, we've gone to Dallas, we've trained, and you know, we've played friendlies. You know that. That's our sister clubs. Um, so, you know, we made relationships with them and just really had a good time. It's been a very positive experience. 
And also I have Coach Mike Robichaud here with me as well. So, you know, feel free to ask uh, Coach Mike any questions. He's, he's the uh, leader of the team and he's just done a fantastic job with these girls. Well, Coach Robichaud, welcome to the show. Um, it's good, good to be here. Awesome. Well, um, tell me about this team. Uh, how, what was your track to get to the state championship? Uh, what were your uh, outstanding moments this year? Uh, well, we've had quite a few uh, good tournaments. We've uh, we went to the Jefferson Cup in Virginia, and uh, we won our division in the Jefferson Cup in division in Virginia, which is a big tournament for us. We weren't in the top division. Uh, hopefully, next year we'll be able to play in the top division. Um, we went to Raleigh, a uh, game we weren't put in the top division, but we won our division. And uh, the director in Raleigh was very impressed with the girls and said he'll put our team in the top division next year. So we were playing the best teams on the East Coast next year in Raleigh and in Virginia. Uh, we went to Plano. We played in the big tournament in Plano, and we were in the top division for that tournament, and we won that that division. So we won the whole tournament in Plano. So our three big tournaments that we played this year, we've, we've won the divisions we were put in. So that was, uh, that was big for us. We weren't sure how we'd compete outside of Louisiana. So we've, uh, we've done well. And, uh, in Louisiana, we, um, the, the fire team out of new Orleans was our big competition. Uh, and they're a scrappy group of kids and we had a tough stake up stake up was, was tough, but, uh, girls played well and we, we ended up winning that. So it was, uh, it's been, it's been a good season for them. Well, um, what high schools do they come from? Uh, well, initially, the, the original team was a, uh, just a middle school team. You know, they haven't started high school. Uh, none okay. of them are. A few of them are playing high school. I have one seventh grader that's playing high school at McGee out of New Orleans. And uh, she's uh, a superstar and, uh, and started as their attacking midfielder as a seventh grader. I have a, an eighth grader who... Um, started uh for parkview baptist and uh um is uh a really good she's my holding midfielder on my uh team sarah ortlieb and uh she had a good season those are the only two that played high school this past year because none of them are in high school and those two they, their middle schools are attached to high school so they were able to play up and play on the high school teams but they're the majority of my kids are going to be freshmen this coming year. So uh, none of them are playing at the present time in high school. I've got a bunch going to, uh, going to St. Joseph's next year. I've got people going to St. Michael's. I've got uh, people at Dutchtown, um, Parkview Baptist, uh, Walker. Uh, we have, we have girls at multiple high schools. Um, so they're from all over. Uh, the Baton Rouge area, and then I have a couple from the New Orleans area. Okay, so for either one of y'all, um, where do y'all train? Uh, so <clears throat> we have a beautiful uh, facility, and it's actually um, uh, it's on Coach uh, Robichaud's property. Um, we have a we have a pretty much about the size of an indoor soccer field um, that's turfed. Um, we have walls surrounding that, so it's a very, very good uh, training uh, area. Uh, we also have a full-size uh, grass field and another, uh, I guess you could put a couple of 77 fields on it. And it's, I mean, it's just, 
It's one of the best. I, I'll take that back. It's the best training facility in the state of Louisiana, hands down. Okay. Where is it located? Uh, it's uh, located in Gosmer or the Dutchtown area. It's just right off the interstate. So, okay. I mean, the, the, the location is just perfect for, I mean, it's perfect for anybody coming from New Orleans, Baton Rouge. Um, you, can, you can't beat the location. Fantastic. Well, look, uh, what are y'all chances in regionals? Oh, I think our, I think our chances are great. Uh, I fear for anybody who's uh, playing us. I mean, our girls are going to come at them. They're going to, you know, um, they're not going to back down at all. And uh, I think Coach Mike, you know, he can answer that better than me, but you know, as a as a fan, as a spectator, uh, just going out and watching these girls play, um, they'll they'll come ready. Uh, they're, they're a fun group to watch. I mean, there are a lot of times to where um, I just I go out just as a fan to watch them because they're just fun it's fun to watch. They play soccer. You know, they they don't just kick the ball; they actually play soccer. And uh, they're a force to be reckoned with. Okay. And um, your, the base of your players then is in that Ascension Parish area, I take it? No, I, I, I would say, I mean, just all, all around the Baton Rouge area. I mean, we have some from Ascension, uh, some from Livingston and, you know, Baton Rouge. Then we have them down from the New Orleans area. So they're, you know, it's pretty much scattered out. Okay, and um, how how big is your club? How big is our club? We're a real small club. Um, you know, we'll we'll have four teams uh, going into the fall, um, and you know, we have a rec program and stuff going for us. But uh, for the most part, as far as comp, you know, LCS LCSL teams, you know, we'll have four teams. Okay, all right. Well, uh, you have the microphone. Uh, is there anything you want to tell the, the whole state of Louisiana? Because we'll be rooting for you when regionals hits. No, just, uh, just you, you know, we could certainly use your support. You know, we're, we're staying, we're, um, we're growing. And if, uh, if anybody out there is looking for a, a place, you know, where your kids can come and develop, you know, technically and tactically, you know, we're, we're a strong club. You know, I mean, uh, you know, size isn't always everything. I mean, my, my, my motto from the, from the get-go is we don't want to be the biggest. We just want to be the best. And, you know, it started uh, at an early early age developing and working on the technical. And um, that's that's what we're all about. And I would say this, too. You know, a lot of, a lot of times people, people don't want to go, go through the process. You know, we're you know we're a society of instant gratification. We want we want to win now, but this team right here, this 07 girls team, is a is proof that when you embrace the process, and you can not worry about winning at at an early age, that the process when you let it play itself out, you're going to reap the you're going to reap the rewards, and they're doing that. And this is this is a model. Of that happening, and Coach, Coach Mark, do you have anything you want to add? Yeah. Look, I you know the 
the basis of everything the girls have done is hard work and it's, there's no secrets to it. They work hard, they train hard, they get up in the morning. You know, this week we we're up three mornings at 6.30, training from 6.30 to 8 on Monday, Wednesday, and Friday. And we did evening trainings on Tuesday and Thursdays. That's obviously a special week. We're trying to get ready for regionals, but the girls all work hard and it's a, it's a fun group and they've all, they've pulled together as a very tight knit team. And, uh, I think um, I think anybody that would come out and watch and play would enjoy the game. It's it's it, they play a nice brand of soccer, and it's uh, I, I'm like Jimmy. I just enjoy watching them play. So uh, you know, I think it's it's it is a testament to how hard they work, as to how good they've gotten. Are y'all going to be streaming the game live for all of us? Uh, you know what? That's a great question, um, and maybe we uh, we can look into doing that and figure out best way to do it and um, make make it available that's a great idea pay galstar to go he'll do it <laughs> do what now the guy galstar uh on la prep soccer he's got um he's, he's oh yeah 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 he, he, yeah he's head of uh santa Mon. right that yeah yeah i'm the um i'm the uh one of the assistant coaches down there so yeah okay he's uh, he's on there a lot for sure oh yeah anyway he's got a lot of experience too well, yeah, wish yeah, all the best. a great job. Awesome. Well, wish all the best. And uh, uh, anyway, uh, you have fans over here and stay in touch. Uh, whenever you want to reach out about the accomplishments of the girls, reach out to me and we'll, we'll hopefully be having some good things to report after regionals for y'all. Okay. Yes, sir. And I certainly appreciate you having us on here. Thank you very, very much. God bless you. Take care. All right, everybody, welcome back to Monday Night Football. And uh, we're really, really blessed to have uh, the director of coaching over there, Louis Smotherman, along with uh, two of his w winning coaches, Coach Karen Bullock and uh, Coach Adrian Garcia. Welcome to the show, everybody. Thank you. Hey, thank, thank, you. You. thank you. Okay, look, uh, we'll start with you, Coach Smotherman. Um, uh, what a success y'all had, uh, y'all put y'all, uh, second, as far as I could see, but, uh, to have all these, uh, teams win state titles for the boys, uh, must've been a heck of a, a feeling of success. Why do you think y'all were so successful this year? I think it's just a collection of good, good players, lots of talent and great coaches putting it all together, you know, building it over the course of a year and, and uh, coming to a head in the end, and uh, pieces all coming together and getting it done. Okay, and uh, uh, the thing is uh, that, that impresses me is that all that came after COVID. How were you able to hit the ground running after all the COVID distractions we had? Uh, I think after COVID, you know, everybody was was anxious, eager to to get back out on the fields, and we had a return to play protocol that the coaches were involved in. And, uh, as soon as we were able to, you know, going in accordance with the governor's orders, we, uh, got back on the field, started training as soon as we, we could. And, and, uh, I think everybody was just excited to get back out on the field. <laughs> Obviously, huh? And, uh, I tell you what, uh, uh, 
for a season like this, it, uh, it's a remarkable accomplishment. Coach Garcia, you with us? Yep, I'm here. Okay, so you got a chance to coach the girls and the boys on the 06 team. And um, uh, it, how, did, how did that work out? Like, how did you have the energy to be able to pull, off, pull that off? Yeah, um, you know, I think it's exciting because uh, both training sessions are completely different uh, in terms of personalities, in terms of speed of play and skill level. So it keeps me on my toes. And, um, you know, before I know it, it's 8, it's 8 p.m. And, and training's over for the day, and I'm, uh, I'm ready to go on to the next day. Okay. Uh, and so you train them both on the same days? Yeah, back-to-back. Yeah, you don't find that confusing? <laughs> no. Uh, <laughs> you know, luckily we have a style of play that they both kind of – uh, enjoy jumping into so uh, I, I do get a lot of names wrong here and there but uh, for the most part we do uh, we do a good job all right which one gives you the worst uh, blood pressure <laughs> yeah I, yeah you know I think it depends on the day uh, you know the girls definitely keep me on my toes though so uh, I enjoy coaching them all right how long have you been at Baton Rouge I've been in Baton Rouge for nine years nine years wow and uh how does this, I mean, of course, every year is special. I know that, you know, you can't really compare years, but what was this year like for you, especially after everything that you've been through? You know, it was a, a blessing um, to, to come out of, you know, my illness a hundred percent. And, um, you know, it hit at the right time that the club was amazing for me. And, uh, you know, I, I enjoy going to work now and don't take anything for granted. Well, I'm going to tell you, in the high school world, uh, uh, there were a lot of people praying for you. And we went to the state championships. You were the topic of conversation, you know. And I uh, just want you to know that uh, uh, you, you were de- definitely uh, being thought of by everybody away from you. Well, appreciate it. Thank you. And Coach Kieran, um, what team did you coach? Uh, the uh, 02, 03 boys, the oldest, the oldest team. Okay. Now, was it hard to have younger kids? Uh, y'all, y'all won the O2 state championship? Yeah, yeah, yeah. We won the U19 uh, state championship. Yeah. Yeah. So um, did, did you find it was harder to have uh, kids who were uh, uh, one year younger on the team? Uh, no. The the thing is, before birth year change, um, the, the majority of these boys all played together when they were 13 and 14 before we had a, uh, before the U.S. Federation changed it to birth year. So, they're all used to each other. Um, I was very blessed. If you look down my roster, I actually have like eight or nine that were, uh, you know, on the high school all, all-star team. You know, I have talent from all the different high school teams. So I've been very blessed that they all get to play together um, at club and they get to play against each other at high school. So, um, you know, regardless of what age they were, you know, there, there may have been a year difference to 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 them. I had a lot of seniors this year graduate out. They yeah, uh, they did they did very well, and they just you know we all had a common goal and a common theme we wanted to to do this year, and so yeah, awesome. And um, with a uh, with 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 all of the distractions, I was just talking about uh, how were you able to bring uh, the kids who play for different rival clubs because the rivalries are pretty intense. Uh, uh, how'd you get them to work together? Or is it just something they naturally built up after the years? Uh, it was a bit of both. Over the years, they've, they've, they're used to it. Um, like I said, having all the talent around the different schools and stuff, you know, they, they got used to playing with each other. And this team has been together for a long, long time. Um, they got used to playing each other at club. And then when they go off to high school, I'm very blessed that their high school coaches are are um, 
are club coaches as well. So they understand the values of club. So when they went to their high schools, they were leaders. They were, you know, the main, the main focus points, captains of teams and stuff like that. But uh, when they came back to club, it wasn't just individuals. It was, uh, like I said, we, we started the year the, during COVID. Um, and we, we had a goal. We got robbed last year because the season got ended um, because of COVID in, in, in early March. So they, some of them didn't, weren't able to play in the State Cup. Um, and then when we came back, we all sat down as a team and I said to him, Hey, look, you know, the majority of you, this is your last year together. Um, let's, let's go and win something. And we had a common goal. We had a common theme. We said, Hey, we wanted to win state cup. We wanted to finish joint top of mid South. And we wanted to, to make sure that we win GSPL as well. The other league we play in and we completed all three. So we were, we were very happy and, you know, off the regionals now. And hopefully we can, um, we can, uh, uh, showcase our talent and, you know, uh, put Louisiana back on a map as well and, and continue to play well. All right. How many Catholic high players did you have? Uh, I had six Catholic high players. Okay. Okay. I was just, you know, cause a lot of times you, you see this letdown after, uh, after you win a state title and uh, for them to stay hungry and to go win another title, that's pretty impressive. Yeah. I mean, like I said, um, they all, the majority of those Catholic boys that came back, you know, all I had, I was very blessed. I had 19 on the roster and all 19 returned back in the spring season, which is really unheard of when it comes to U19 soccer, especially uh, boys and girls. Um, but they all came back. They all came back with a goal. They wanted to win state. Some of them hadn't won state as a club uh, player for a long, long time since they were before the birth year change. So they all, they all had a, a uh, like I said, a goal as a team. And, you know, fantastic for him. Okay. Well, who did y'all beat for the state championship? Uh, we beat... Um, in the finals. Uh, LA Fire. Okay. Okay. And um, was that a good game? It was a good game. Um, throughout the season, they, we played them. Uh, they um, kind of... It, we kind of went back and forth. Um, and then in the state finals, you know, they took us all the way. Um, we scored earlier on, they equalized, we went into overtime and then, uh, eventually in overtime, we just had the legs, we had the power and, um, yeah, we ended up, um, winning on paper. It looked like we, we, uh, we won pretty well, but that wasn't the case. You know how it is, you know, a score doesn't, it kind of flatters us in the end, but that's, that's the way it was. Awesome. Coach Garcia, uh, what were your, your state final games like? Uh, you know, both exciting. The, the heat in Lafayette that weekend was uh, was was a bit much for the kids to you know have to play. But uh, the boys won two uh, nil against Mandeville, and the girls won two uh, nil against LA Fire. Okay, how do you like their chances in the re in regionals? Oh, I, I mean, I, I'm very confident if they can, uh, you know, bring what they've brought in training this week, and 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 you know, stay on task and stay healthy and, you know, get to sleep early enough and, and drink plenty of water. I, I like their chances to, to do well. Good. Coach, Coach Bullock, how do you like your chances? Uh, it's one of them things, you know, everybody says on paper, you get a good draw and you may be able to nav navigate through, but you just have to beat what's in front of you. You know, on the day you have to, you have to beat who you have. And, you know, it, it's all, it, Everyone will tell you in, in regionals, anything can happen. Everybody's a winner. Everybody's a state championship or a championship winner or a, you know, regional winner. So you're not playing uh, duff teams. So 
like I said, the talent's fantastic and I I sound confident. I'm hopefully hopefully my team's confident and we'll take one game at a time and we'll see how it goes. Awesome. Coach Smotherman, um, uh, how do you like the chances for your 03 and 04, uh, the girls and the, and the boys team that are going to regionals? I like their, I like their chances uh, to do well. You know, I think it's one game at a time, and you always want to try to see if you can do well early, get, gain some momentum, and get out of bracket. Um, but both teams are very good. They're both filled with talent. Uh, they both have excellent coaches, and so I think I think they're going to be very competitive. Who are their coaches? Uh, Colin Yamarino is the coach of the 03 girls, and um, JB Brunet is the coach of the 04 boys. Okay, excellent. We'll tell them we congratulate them from from our end. Coach Bullock and Coach Garcia, what's it like to coach for Coach Motherman? Oh, that's a loaded question. Uh, We're on the air. (laughs) You know, I'll go. I I, I think uh, I think Louie does a great job of, um, you know, having his coaches back. He, uh, you know, he he, he's big on expanding not just bad news soccer but Louisiana soccer. And uh, you know, when you when you when you work for somebody who has aspirations like that, um, you know, it's exciting and you want to just jump on his coattails and kind of tag along and, and hopefully see how far it takes you. Okay. Kieran? Oh, 100% agree with, with, with Adrian. You know, yeah. um, I'm very blessed to be full-time in the club and get to work with Louis uh, on a daily basis within the club as well. So, you know, to see um, how far the club's grown and, you know, what's in the horizon for us as well. It's It's all great, all positives and you know, he gives us the tools to do this, do our do our job well, and you know. So I, we're, we're very blessed as a as a club to have uh, Louis as our executive director, and and obviously pushing this club uh, to the next level. And that's what really we want to talk about now, coach. Um, coaches is um, this MLS next is taking the soccer world by storm here in Louisiana. Uh, would you like to um, make? everybody has their own opinion about it and reading little bits and pieces in the video that y'all put out, but, but really um, sell it to the state right now, the advantages of doing a program like this. Well, I'll start off. I think, you know, first of all, we have a lot of great players in the state we have for years. Um, When it comes to higher level play, we've been Louisiana as a whole has kind of been left behind. And for us, you know, we want to progress the game of soccer. We want to provide every opportunity for players, um, boys and girls at the highest levels, the same opportunities that you get around the country. Those opportunities have eluded us for, for many, many years. We've always been chasing it. And finally, you know, through some collaboration, we are on that stage. We've been, we've been given the, the license to go and compete at the highest youth level. And we just got the girls into a national league as well. So, you know, I think it's been been needed here in the state. And once uh, folks understand the magnitude of it, I think everyone will be more appreciative of it and and want to be involved in it. Um, it's just it's really just an amazing uh, 
thing that that is that is an opportunity for for the players, coaches, um, our entire state. So it's it's super exciting. All right, what makes this different from the other attempts in the past? Like all we had this premier, you know, regional Premier League and those kinds of things. Yeah, the, what's different is uh, collaboration. You know, the ability uh, ability of coaches from different clubs to work together, the ability of clubs to to form partnerships. Um, you know, rather than fight over players, fight over coaches, it's working together to to provide the best opportunities for the kids, and that's what it's all about. Are y'all going to reach out to the other clubs that are not? Uh, for those of you who are listening, it's uh, L.A. Fire, uh, Lafayette Dynamo, and Baton Rouge uh, collaborative effort. And um, and so a lot of the people who are outside of that bubble are are, are uh, wondering what is, what's in it for them. Do they have to leave their clubs in order to play for this team or for this uh, system? Anyway. Well, if you are – Yeah. For the for the boys uh, in MLS next, it's a little bit different for the boys and the girls. For the boys in MLS next, you have to be part of one of the hub clubs, whether that's Fire Dynamo or or Baton Rouge, uh, to participate on the boys side. You know we have a we have a lot of top players, each of us that are going to commit to this higher level, and uh we also want to provide as many opportunities as we can for the players who are not playing at this level but they're playing national league or mid south or uh LCSL or GSPL um so on the boys side you got to be part of one of the hubs whether you're a full-time player with MLS next or if you're part-time um you got to you got to be part of one of the hubs for the girls we're going to be playing in the national league called the development premier league. And this year, year one, partly because we were, um, awarded this, this league, this conference kind of late in the spring, we're allowing players from any club to come to tryouts. So you can stay on your club team. If you want, you can cl- come to a hub club if you want. Uh, but if you're good enough, and you come to tryouts, you can play on this team and play on your club team as well uh, this year, this year. And, and we are certainly looking to, to stay in this type of national uh, competition. Uh, it's got a couple of built-in national showcases with a, a national championship in June of next year. And then we'll see what goes from there. We'll either stay in the DPL or we'll also um, bring on ECNL or a girls Academy. All right. Um, and what do you think would be the frequency of the games? The frequency of the games for, uh, for all MLS next, what we're looking to do is uh, likely to start in sometime July, early August, late July, early August, and then games and starting in September. Ideally for us, for the older players, we want to wrap up playing uh, at the end of November, early December, uh, so that the kids who want to play high school still can have an opportunity to do that. And if they play high school, we're looking uh, to start up the games for those older players when high school concludes. 
uh, looking right at uh, the beginning of March. The younger MLS Next players, they'll play a little bit longer into December, and they'll, they'll probably take a month, month and a half break and start up in February. And then for the girls, the uh, Development Premier League, it doesn't conflict with high school at all. It doesn't conflict with Mid-South. It doesn't conflict with National League Pro. And uh, we are responsible for scheduling and setting up the conference games. So we want to work hand in hand with, with all the other organizations, again, to provide maximum opportunity for the kids. Well, this is why I'm glad I have the show, because if you hear the banter that's out there, it's it seems to be a very anti-high school uh, uh, movement that y'all are having. And it sounds like it's the total opposite. Y'all bending over backwards to help high school players still play high school, but help them to develop outside of there at the highest level. Am I, am I taking that correctly? That is correct. We don't, we're not gonna, we're not gonna uh, prohibit players from playing high school. And as much as possible, we want to make it uh, so that they can they can enjoy that experience too, so that they can do both as much as possible. Now, I coach one player for the farm that uh, that his father's wrestling with 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 uh, the tryouts and uh, and playing because of his academics. Uh, are y'all going to be practicing in Baton Rouge four times a week if he makes it to the highest team, or how's that going to work? No, he will. Uh, right now, we have it set up where you'll practice in Baton Rouge twice a week. And it looks like it'll be on Tuesdays and Thursdays, Mondays and Wednesdays. You'll train in, in, uh, at your hub club or your, or the location that, um, you're going to train regularly out of, or play on top teams out of if you're a part-time player. So two days a week in Baton Rouge, two days a week at a hub location, whether that's new Orleans, Baton Rouge or Lafayette. And there'll be some flexibility with uh, the locations as well uh, if it helps the players. Okay, so let's say you have the U19 uh, MLS Next team that we, we will produce on, on the field. Can they still participate for the state championship uh, for their clubs in May and, uh, and in regionals? Or would they have to give that up to just a focus on being on the MLS Next team? Uh, as far as club goes, Yes. If you're a full-time player and you're on the 16 or 18 player roster and you're full-time, then that is, that is your primary and your uh, call, if you will, you'll call it uh, your primary club obligation. Um, so no, you would not play on another club team. If you're a part-time player, you could play in a state championship with your hub club. And, uh, and, and then, you know, you would join into MLS next games more on an as needed basis. But the, the huge benefit of that to the players is the ability as a part-time player to train with those next level players twice a week Yeah, I get that. Uh, for 10, for 10 months. Yeah. Uh, and then on the girl's side, um, on the girl's side, you'll compete in state cup like you do with your club team. And you'll also compete in a championship in this uh in the development premier league the dpl okay so i think uh correct me if i'm wrong but what i think it's going to wind up happening is i don't know if we're going to have the need for a president's cup anymore because it looks like 
the uh, the teams that are playing when we go for, to Region Three, the MLS next teams won't be able to represent the state at Region Three, correct? Or am I got that wrong? Correct. They cannot. They cannot play in uh in uh the region championships. No. Okay, Agent, you wanted to add, add something to that? And uh, Karen, how well do y'all feel about MLS next? It sounds exciting. Yeah, I'm excited just for the kids. I think, uh, you know, just the buzz around, you know, just Baton Rouge alone and, and the kids talking about it at training and getting excited for tryouts. And even when we play other kids, they already start naming off kids they saw at the tryout and wondering if they're going to make it. It's just exciting for everybody. And for the girls, I think um, – you know, we're just one step closer to, to, to being at the highest level we can be. And, um, you know, exciting for me that that coaches both. Um, I, I, I don't feel like the girls are excluded and they're getting theirs. And definitely the boys are, you know, they're at the top level. Excellent. Coach Bullock, what do you think? You think it's going to help us to, to finally take a step in the European direction or, or not? Well, I'll be honest with you. Um, look, I've been here now in, in Louisiana for, for nine years and I've always had this goal of changing the culture here. Um, the culture needs to change. We have the talent. We have the, the players at our disposal to, to compete at the highest level. And this is just the start of changing that culture. Um, you, 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 you know, as, uh, as somebody in the soccer world in Louisiana, we have a lot of soccer players. We have a lot of soccer coaches. And this is just the very start of changing that culture and, and bringing us on the same level uh, as a state as others around us, you know, to compete at the next level. Uh, I'm blessed I get to coach in the MLS next next year. So, and I'm a high school coach and I'm a club coach and I'm a club director. So I, 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 I have, I've seen all the different aspects of this. And, uh, you know, for me, we, we hark on about it. People sit on forums and, and bash or say stuff and say, oh, why, why are we not providing uh, the opportunity for players to play at the, 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 the highest level? This is it. This is the highest level in youth soccer right now. And it, it just shows the vision from Louis and Hubie and, and Kevin Mooney from the three different clubs to collaborate together, to put individual agendas aside, put individual club agendas aside, and create a, 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 a collaboration club to go and compete at the, the highest level, to give our players and our coaches the opportunity to showcase their talent uh, against the top, top uh, you know, the best of the best. Um, so I'm, I, I'm very passionate about this because I've been involved, uh, you know, in the trenches with this and, and making this become a forefront for uh, our, our state. You know, uh, people talk about, oh, like you said earlier on, we, we had the miscommunication about high school. That's not the case, but everybody's labeled it as a high school killer when it's not. You know, we have worked with high school coaches. We're working with um, players' schedules. We're working with everybody. This is not um, us cutting anybody out. You know, you, you say if a player is from a different club, can he, can he come and participate? I've I've got players from different clubs participating in the MLS Next. We we do. They come in. They they've tried out. They they've seen what's the next level. And hopefully, if they don't make it, they go back to their club, and it pushes them to drive them to to be better within their club. Um, so for me, it's a positive all round. It's pushing all of us. It's pushing the state higher and higher. It's making us be noticed on the map. You know, we're no more just Louisiana. We are now competing against the best. 
So that, that's my two cents, and I apologize for the rant. No, 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 well, no. I appreciate it. Uh, this is uh, this is more than uh, than I expected. It's been great because I've been listening to all the uh, naysayers for the last week now, and it's nice to hear that uh, you know y'all point of view. And also, it's nice. It's just wonderful to hear that a kid won't have to choose. You know, my main beef uh, has always been if we're gonna if we're gonna become one of the best football in countries in the world, we got to have our poor kids on the field and we got to develop them from a young age. And uh, also, you know, it's nothing against kids who have means, you know, do you think we're ever, any one of you guys can answer this. Do you think we're ever going to see MLS understand that for that to happen, they have to fund it? You know, it seems to me that they should be uh, not just uh, encouraging you. I think y'all had to do all the work to get this alliance going, to get everything going. It really should be coming from the top down, not the bottom up. Well, what do y'all have to say about that? I think that's a fantastic point and a fantastic idea. With what they've got in the coffers at that, at that level, if some of that trickled down to the states and to the clubs to do to help do more outreach, it would be tremendous for, for the growth of, of soccer. I mean, we do different things in each of the clubs. You do different things where you're bringing, uh, you know, you're bringing kids in, you're having programs, outreach programs, programs for the inner city. We've all been part of them, but, but they are, they can be difficult to staff. They can be difficult to sustain. And the best way to do it is, is to have the the resources to to get people and more people to those to those kids. And if we did, uh, we would be that much closer to uh, the world stage on the men's side. Yeah, I mean the kids are there. Like uh, you know, y'all know what I do with my club, and uh, it's just I'm twenty thousand dollars in the hole with it because it's still the tournaments cost seven hundred dollars. You know, and then you got to mm-hmm. travel and stay there. It's like yeah, it gets frustrating when I take teams to Europe and I see that it's total opposite. And I think now we're at the point with MLS that they should have some monies out there to, to, to help fuel that, you know? Karen, do, uh, do, what's your experience? You're, you're obviously from England, right? Yes, sir. I mean, everybody has their, their uh, you know, positives and negatives. You know, yes, you know, it would be fantastic if – the, the the big clubs, the MLS clubs and, and whatnot, and the, uh, the the MLS in general would, you know, put the money into the youth system and, and the the younger ages and the, the grassroots, as, as we call it back at home. England's having the same problems. We have a lot of, um, you know, we have a lot of the, the grassroots level clubs in England struggling, really, really struggling in the lower tiers now as well, struggling because all the... The, the money is monopolized by the, the big clubs. Yeah. So it's not just an issue that we have here in America. I think in America, it's just we, at the same time, you are competing against all the different sports, you know, the baseballs, the footballs, the, the you know, up north, the hockeys or whatever. And so you, that's the biggest one that we're fighting a battle with in America is trying to, trying to make sure that soccer is seen as a, as a, as a sport on that same level, um, you know, in England, we're, we're very blessed that soccer is like football is our main sport, but even then we still have our issues as well with, you know, the money trickling down to the grassroots. I think, uh, 
in the past couple of years, the US model has changed, has kind of, um, they're kind of changing it to try and get more inclusive and more outreach and, uh, you know, getting kids to play. But unfortunately right now, this is the economy we live in. It's, it's, I hate to say it, it's pay to play soccer right now, rather than, you know, just right. playing soccer in general. Um, but we have to change the culture. Something has to change. And I, I'm being honest, MLS next, us getting it, us now being able to change that culture. And if we get sponsorship, can we start, you know, we do have a sponsorship program for uh, a scholarship program for players, but it'd be fantastic if we get, you know, more sponsorship, more money in, not just into what we're doing, but into all the different clubs, you know, like you say, for the, for the little clubs out there who, who, you know, I know there's one in, in your leans that, that really do a lot of outreach stuff. And so, you know, hopefully one day it will change. And, and, and I, I do see a light at the end of the tunnel. So we just have to keep on striving, you know, striving forward as a, as a state. Any one of y'all can answer this or y'all can take the fifth. I coached ODP and what really frustrated me about ODP um, wasn't that the coaching wasn't good. I mean, we coached hard, but the thing is we're basically coaching the kids who could pay to go to uh, to ODP camp. And uh, do you think this is going to hurt ODP or should we get rid of ODP? Or uh, what are your thoughts about ODP? And you can take the fifth. <laughs> No, I mean, I'm, I'll say what I think about, about ODP. I think, I think it, I think it used to be a stronger program. I think it kind of, I think it kind of lost its way. I think it, I think for many, many years in Louisiana, you rarely got all the best players. There were a lot of, lot of good coaches participating uh, for sure, but uh, you got some of the good players. You didn't get them all. So I think that uh, U.S. youth has been a little bit slow and behind, and the other the other entities out there have kind of where they weren't getting uh, needs met for player development, showcasing, identification. They uh, they stepped up and created other things. So if nothing else, this is. This is in a way, uh, and it's not intended to compete, but it's in a way to showcase and highlight and promote identification process for kids. And so you call it what you want, but uh, whatever is lacking from an ODP standpoint or viewed to be lacking, uh, we're going to provide it. I tell you, this has been a really telling show. I wasn't expecting the interview to go this way, uh, honestly, and I'm I'm really uh, tickled pink that it has gone this way. And it looks like we're ushering in a new era in Louisiana. And um, I'll, we're about to go. Uh, does any of you have any final comments before we part ways? No, I just well, want to first. Thanks for the opportunity. But sorry. Yeah, and I want to wish uh, you know the best of luck to all the Louisiana teams up there and. I know while we're there, we just won't be rooting for, you know, Baton Rouge Soccer Club, but be rooting for the Fires and the Slidells and the Mandevilles and the, 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 the Rushes of the world. So best of luck to everybody. Here, here. All right. Well, guys, God bless you. And, uh, and you have this modem to get the word out uh, uh, anytime you want it. Uh, just get in touch with me and, uh, and uh, hopefully uh, – 
this will clear this show will clear a lot of the the negativity that's been out there uh and and that we can get this hit thing going fast and get it going uh the right way god bless y'all all right thank you thank you Okay, so what's my take of it at this moment in time? Well, before the interview, I thought I was going to be a high school killer. I thought that players are going to be forced to make a choice between high school and playing at the highest level. And how could I ever tell a kid that that would be a bad decision, you know? And I say that with with one of my greatest memories in mind, uh, one of my best players who was a Gatorade player of the year. After he finished his professional career, I asked him, what was the most rewarding experience that you had in soccer throughout your life? And he told me it was high school soccer. So I really value the high school game. And so I went into this interview very nervous. All right. I'm going to tell you this. After the interview, I don't think it's a threat to high school at all. And I think we high school people need to move on and not worry about it. That was such a relief for me to hear that. Now, on the flip side of the coin, is it a club killer? Uh, Well, if the other 45 directors are coaching fear that their players will be leaving to join one of those uh, hub clubs, uh, then I know it's going to be a fight. Okay? We all want player development, and we all say we want what's best for the players, all right? Uh, That kind of language kind of scares me because politicians will always say we want what's best for the American people. When I hear that come out of a politician's mouth, uh, I I brace up and I I wait to hear what what they're going to say because usually what they're going to say is not what's best for the American people, but what's best for the American people um, that is best for them. All right. And uh, and in the soccer world, it's the same thing, unfortunately. Um, uh, many of us once was better want what's better for the players so long that it does not hurt our bottom line. OK. And uh, we need to work with this. Um, is MLS next a money grab? Will it ruin clubs? Is it a ploy to recruit players? Will it water down LSA state cups? OK, well, um Here's my take on it. I I, I don't know uh, about the money grab or ruination. Um, um, I do know this, that Pope John Paul II's teaching about the free market is a good one to look at here. Uh, His spin was there's enough money to go around. Uh, All right. Um, We don't need to have our businesses compete against other businesses. There's enough money in the world for Burger King and McDonald's to thrive. Not just survive, but thrive. They don't need to put each other out of business, okay, in order to do that. But here's the deal. If you want to be greedy and selfish and have all of the toys, then the free market becomes more of a uh, a pure capitalist market. And that's a little different uh, entity here, all right? Um when it comes to youth soccer, uh, I think that youth soccer is exactly that, youth soccer and not Serie A or La Liga or the Premiership, okay, where uh, you have to compete to win. That's what the whole purpose of a professional league is, okay? Uh, I don't think the winning is the bottom line here with kids, okay? Um 
uh, if MLS Next is best, then all the rest of the 45 directors of coaching, which is, I'm including in that number, need to recognize uh, that and either let their players go and participate in the process directly uh, uh, somehow, okay, um, in some capacity. If it's really what's best, I will let my players go, okay? Now, if it's not what's best, then it should be at least a siren or a sign saying that the way we're doing things right now in 2021 is failing our players and we need to do better. All right. Uh, it's my belief that inventions are usually the response of a need. Um, the critical question here is whether or not that need is wholesome and genuine or is it selfish and will end up debilitating others. Okay. If it is just another way coaches steal the best players for their clubs, which I really don't get the sense that it is, okay? I really don't. Um, it is still a good idea, however, that we all come together and take a look at it, all right? Um, again, I don't view players as a business, all right, which uh, I'm going to tell you. I was told the opposite quite clearly when I became a director of coaching and started Soccer Innovations of America. I was sat down by very, very important soccer people and told that this is a business. You need a business plan, and money is how this stuff works. And uh, uh, I personally don't think that that attitude is going to get the United States at the podium at the World Cup. All right? Now, will it water down the LSA State Cups? I, I think that, again, looking at Pope John Paul II's free market model, um, I think there is an easy fix to that problem, okay? And I think the fix is this. Just let those players who are participating in MLS next guest play on their club teams and play for State Cup like they always have and beyond, of course. If MLS Next is best, then they will be getting trained highly and they're going to return to their roster, granted, not in sync with their teams, but at least in tip-top soccer ability in their personal game. And perhaps they can get some playing time and so it could be some give and take with MLS Next to give their clubs that kind of playing time so they can win for their clubs, you know, who are not the three hubs. Anyhow, uh, and uh, if you didn't listen to the interview, it's going to affect also the three hubs ability to win state. So on the flip side of the coin, there's going to be a lot of pressure for people to say, yeah, y'all go ahead and go uh, so I can win my own state championship. And then the state championships get watered down. Like um, I know a lot of y'all want to split public and private in, in soccer and I think that would be bad for soccer because right now, when you walk off with a state championship trophy in soccer, it means something, okay? Uh, in American football right now, uh, all these state championships being won are really kind of grinned at, you know, as opposed to West Jefferson, for example, winning the state championship, I think, in 1970. That means something, okay? Because that means that they were the best of everybody out there. Okay, um, so right now, I really hope that the state championships don't get uh, split up in in high school soccer. I really, really hope that that uh, split does not happen. Okay, but it looks like it might. That's another show for another day as well. Huh. Okay, anyhow, I'm going to be reaching out to more of the DOCs and others that I trust, and I'm also going to listen to all of you, okay, before I make my judgment uh, at the club level as whether or not this show should support the process. I ask all of us to do this. 
uh, open your mind a bit. Again, I'm Catholic, okay? The gospel reading for the day that I taped the MLS interview was that we were supposed to love our enemy, okay? I talked to my students uh, about that reading as to um, what that entails and how we're supposed to want what is best for everyone, not just ourselves. Then <laughs> I interviewed these coaches in front of those same students who were taking a break uh, and watching me uh, with their eyes wide open. And they were seeing what they were looking to see whether or not I was going to practice what I preached. Okay. I also told them beforehand this was going to be difficult because uh, I thought that it was going to be a high school killer. All right. Still, by going into this interview open-minded, um, my mind was indeed opened as to how this could be great for high school soccer. And I have to say that uh, um, I was not expecting to go in that direction. I do think with the spirit of collegiality, it could be beneficial for all of us. Uh, I'm talking about in the high school community, especially the players. Uh, you would have to do some homework on me to find out how profound that is coming out of my mouth, okay? And we can maybe have a Facebook Live on that, and maybe pretty soon, all right? Because that is pretty uh, um, profound coming out of my mouth, all right? If you know my history. One thing is for sure, we are at yet another crossroads because like it or not, MLS Next is underway. We're not arguing as to whether or not it's, it should happen. It is happening. To me, the elephant of the room is and always has been money. Until MLS brings money down to us in the trenches, the poor cannot be serviced properly. And thus... We will continue to produce men's soccer teams that are average at best, all right? This MLS Next will just be another attempt to develop not our best players, but to develop the best players who we can afford to trade, to train, excuse me, uh, the best we can. Y'all, that will not beat Germany. I've brought five teams to Europe, and I promise you, uh, that will not get the job done, period. God bless all of you. Uh, this is Coach Alan Ritter from Soccer Innovations of America and Dulles Isle High School, wishing you and your families the best, and hopefully we could talk again on this topic and more topics that affect youth soccer in Louisiana and the Gulf Coast. Take care. Carpe diem and Christ.